Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, we are back for another podcast today. We're going to be talking about the 2022 Nissan Pathfinder. This actually came out... If I remember correctly, this came out not very long at all after the Frontier did, and I was quite surprised because I didn't think that was going to be the case, but it's the case. So let's get into it. 2022 Nissan Pathfinder returns with seating for eight beefy looks and a proper nine-speed auto. When it was designing the latest iteration of the Pathfinder, Nissan turned to the original SUV for inspiration. That helps explain the 2022 model's new chunky design and, specifically, the three, slot at, three slots at the top of the grille. Although the rugged new styling might be the most notable change for the Pathfinder, a new transmission, different proportions, and a better suite of technology all feature prominently. To start, Nissan slotted a familiar 3.5-liter V6 under the hood. It makes 284 horsepower and 259 pound-feet of torque. It's the same engine Nissan uses today, but the automaker should be able to get more out of it thanks to a new 9-speed automatic. It replaces the CVT, and although EPA figures have not yet been released, it should help it achieve better fuel economy than the outgoing model. With a selection of off-road features, seven driving modes, standard, sport, eco, snow, sand, mud, slash, rut, and tow, the new Pathfinder should be able to live up to its name. Nissan revealed to journalists in a roundtable, though, that off-roading wasn't the primary focus of the SUV. The company said, it, said that its idea of adventure includes both trails and the Home Depot parking lot with a couple of kids in the back. As a result, the Pathfinder can hold a 4x8 sheet of plywood between the wheel wells. It can seat up to 8, unless you opt for the second row captain's chairs, thanks to its 3 abreast third row bench. And it can tow up to 6,000 pounds for all of your weekending needs. To make sure that all 8 passengers are well served, there are USB ports throughout the cabin and in all 3 rows. And for, and for when you've, you've arrived, the Pathfinder's cargo area, cargo area and hold a 120-quart cooler or four golf bags without so much as lowering a single a single row. That's quite nice. Cloth, leather, or quilted semi-aniline leather-appointed seats are all offered, and you can finish your Pathfinder in a number of shades to make sure the interior is as pretty as the outside. Whether or not you even notice the seats when you have an available 9-inch infotainment screen and a digital instrument cluster of up to 12.3 inches will have to be seen, though. Nissan says it also made big improvements in NVH thanks to acoustic laminated glass, thicker second row windows, and increased door and floor insulation. That leads to a 60% increase in the absorption of engine noise. You can then fill the cabin back up with as much noise as you want thanks to 13-speaker optional Bose sound system. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto as well as Nissan Connect are also standard. The Pathfinder will also be available with Pro Pilot Assist on S and SV trims. The system combines steering assistance with adaptive cruise control that actually looks not just at the car ahead of you, but also the car ahead of it to help control acceleration and deceleration. Like the Frontier that was also revealed today, the Pathfinder is based on a heavily revised version of the existing platform. At 1.5 inches shorter, 0.5 inches wider, and 0.5 inches shorter, it is a genuine revision. Overall, the 2022 model year measures 197 inches or 5,004 millimeters long, 77.9 inches or 1,979 millimeters wide, and 70 inches or 1,778 millimeters tall, with a wheelbase of 114.2 inches or 2,901 millimeters long. With a bunch more interior volume, though, the Pathfinder could spell trouble for even larger competition, 
and with two-tone paint jobs available, it should look great as well. More details, including pricing, are expected to are expected to come closer to when deliveries start, which should be this summer. The exterior. Let's talk about that now that we have all the technical specs out of the way. And I will actually. Are we going to talk about the silhouette here? We are going to talk about the silhouette first. Normally, I'd start with the face because that's one of the most important parts of a car to me. But we're actually going to start with the silhouette. I think it looks good. I think it looks really, really good. It reminds me with the C-pillar. It, from the C-pillar back, it kind of makes me think of like a Land Rover Discovery. Maybe the, actually relatively similar to the current Jeep or to the new actually to the new Jeep Grand Cherokee third row. Relatively similar to that. And what's also interesting, although a little bit strange, is that with the C-pillar, they've made three quarters of it body color, so red, white, whatever, and then a quarter of it black. So they've sort of split up the quarter window from the passenger's quarters, and yet they haven't. It's kind of a strange decision, but I don't, I don't hate it, though, it, though I, again, I do find it wholly odd with that being said. The face, though, how do I like the face? I'm, I don't really like how big the grill is it's it's a little bit too well actually no i take that back i do like it i'm okay with the grill the face itself well it doesn't really have a face to me the headlights don't really convey any emotion like they're not really looking at you i don't dislike the face though i think it i think it works with nissan's current design language where it has the massive grill and the grill goes like halfway down the down the face i think it works i'm just i just prefer i just prefer cars have a face they have they're looking at you they're emotive. I prefer that. And this is much more, much more object looking than, than humanoid looking to put that rather strangely. Although I do want to point out something I've just noticed in this very press photo that I'm looking at, there is, there's a rock face and it has the dirt's going up the rock and it's sort of like a banked corner. It looks like Nissan took the photo of the Pathfinder in a very similar area that Ram took the dirt photos of the trx did because that's it looks like a very similar bank in the like in the b-roll or was it the reveal video i don't remember i don't remember if it's in the b-roll but there's a video of a trx going up a rocky bank i mean it's not rocky it's more of a dirt but anyway going up going up a banked corner and then coming back down and it looks like it this looks like that say that very same banked corner to me which is really really interesting it's almost like they it's almost as if they took the Pathfinder to the same area that they took the T that Ram took the TRX. Let's talk about the rear though. We haven't talked about the face very much, but I've just I've just seen the rear, and it almost looks like Nissan copied the taillights on the new Grand Cherokee third row. You have the same single element red DRL element, and then you have you know the reverse lights and the turn signal below, and it's indented a little bit below the DRL the the tail the red taillight element. It's not it's not exactly the same actually, but it's in terms of the, I think, the philosophy that was behind the taillights, it's very, very similar looking. It seriously does look like they just ripped and then altered the taillights from the new Grand Cherokee 3 logo. That's, that's really disappointing to me. That's really, really disappointing because now you have two very similar looking taillights. And when you're at night, now it's going to be hard to tell, hey, is that a Grand Cherokee or is that a Pathfinder? That's a shame, but the thing, the fact of the matter is, Jeep did it first. Or at the very least, they revealed theirs first. So, that's on, if you ask me, that's on Nissan. But, the design, as a, in and of itself, though, I don't dislike, much like how I don't dislike it on the new Grand Cherokee. I think it's, I think it's okay, it's very modern, a bit, a bit minimalist, but that's fine. It's just, it just sucks that it's very similar 
to the new Grand Cherokee. Speaking of the rear though, I've also seen something else. You know how on the new 400Z on the face, it has those it has those creases at the side where like where you put vents. I I, I like to say that it look it made the car look a little malnourished. They have those very same triangular looking creases at the rear of the new Pathfinder. It's almost like they looked at it's almost like they took it from the 400Z, ZX whatever you want to call it, the new 400Z and said, "Yeah, Take that design element and then copy-paste it onto the Pathfinder. Again, I don't like it, but it's funny how... It's really funny how that minor design element has also showed up here on the Pathfinder as well. That is a very interesting similarity. Getting back to the face, though, because I wasn't quite done. The headlights are very Nissan. They're... It's so hard to explain them, but yeah. Let's just say they're very modern Nissan, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think, they're okay. I think they've integrated them very well into this design. I like the face, actually. I think it's okay. I think it's... Nissan has done a good job of, of really working out... I think working out the kinks of this design language. And for the Pathfinder, at least, I think it works rather well, given, you know, given that it's an SUV. Let's talk about the interior, though. And unlike the new Frontier, this is a much better interior. It's a much more modern interior. I'm not entirely in love with it, because you have the center stack, and then to the right of that, where you have the passenger airbag cover, or portion of the dash it's just completely dull completely flat well i say completely flat there is there is a little bit of an angle i guess where the glove box would be but for the most part there's no there's no bit of intrigue there all the stuff you want to look at is that is this is by the center stack and then towards the driver's side of the car i love this i'm okay with the steering wheel but i love this airbag cover it's circular it's not the smallest airbag cover we've ever seen but it's circular and it's small makes the steering wheel feel a lot look a lot lighter has much less visual weight much less visual heft and i quite like that a lot the buttons on the steering wheel they are they are dated looking here too it's just especially on the spokes a lot of black plastic once again and very the buttons are, are at the very least the the yeah the design of the buttons are rather square and i i guess that's a little stupid to say but where the spoke the spoke itself is also really square it's kind of flat very very boring boring looking to me but unlike the frontier at the very least they're not vertically oriented they are horizontally oriented which to me is definitely the better way to go because it's less it's less dated looking and much less crowded looking for sure as for the center stack though it's it's not as dated looking as the frontier thank god however it does look a little cluttered to me let's go let's see if there's other images at the beginning here okay there we go yeah, it is a little cluttered looking. And the touchscreen, the thing about the touchscreen, I think they said it's a 10-inch touchscreen. You wouldn't you wouldn't know that. It doesn't look like a 10-inch touchscreen to me. It looks more like it looks more like a 7-inch touchscreen to me, maybe an 8-point-something inch. And the, the weirder part is that they have a dash that could work for a horizontally oriented, integrated 10-inch touchscreen, but instead they've added this tacked-on tablet look on top of I guess a black surface behind it and I, I just don't like it I, it probably doesn't go that far above the top of the dash like where the like where the window like where the windshield sill would be but I don't I'm not a big fan I I wish they had it's almost like the touchscreen was an afterthought to me it's almost like it was an afterthought they had designed the, the lower portion of the center stack and they're like oh crap we gotta add it we gotta add a touchscreen here and the top of the, the dash isn't tall enough to do it without making other without making other changes and so they just stuck a tablet on and I 
they could have done it better. They could have done it better. It's it should have been integrated to me with the design of this dash, but it is what it is. The outline of the center stack is also rather squared, which is a little bit odd. It makes it feel I'm not entirely sure how it makes it feel. What what I can say though is that it doesn't mesh very well to me with the center with the lower console, with the center console. Yeah, it does, to me it's not as cohesive as it should be. The center console doesn't flow very easily into where the H where the HVAC functions are, which are at the very bottom of the center stack. And thank God, at the very least, though, we have redundant controls for the HVAC functions. Thank God for that. Because if it didn't, that would that would have sucked. They do have a lot of buttons around here, though. And the, I've just seen in this press photo, they have a heated heated they have heated seats, which is good. But I need to check something. I'm hoping that they don't have. I don't think they've done this. So they have. For the passenger side, they have the heated seat button to the right of, I guess, sink and AC for the passenger side. And I was worried for a second that the button below, though it's ventilation, I was worried for a second that, that, that the heated seat button controlled both the driver and the passenger side. I was about to be like, bruh, no, you're going to have to look past that. No, I don't think they do, though. I don't think that's the case. It's, hard, it's a little hard to see because of the photos that they've taken, but I do not believe that to be the No, it looks like they have driver's side heating and ventilated seat button so that's thank god for that let's get to the lower console though i i like it i don't like the gear selector it's all squared and weird and it's on this like floating pad or it, it looks like it floats on this sliding pad thing i don't like it i don't like it hopefully it functions functions better than it looks but i don't like it it does look upscale I will say that it does look relatively luxurious, and so that's good. That's an upside. It just, it's just that to me, it also looks needlessly complicated. For the rest of the center console, though, you have, you have your cup holders on the other side. I say on the other side. You have your cup holders closer towards the passenger, so that's good. It doesn't get in the way of any of the driving functions, i.e. the gear selector, nor the driving modes, nor the parking brake. So that's quite nice. You also have a phone holder, which might have wireless charging in front of, closer to the center stack. In front of the cup holders that's good it's only gonna hold a phone though Let's see anything else for this interior the air vents thank god they have more normal air vents yes I'm still mad about that with my family's with my mom and dad's take one don't at me <laughs> let's see is there anything there's, there's another set of interior photos that I can find here what about the interior materials because I haven't really touched on that quite yet well, let's see, dash. It looks like it's a massive hard plastic to me. Especially on the passenger on the passenger airbag cover. It's just a massive piece of black black dash. And it looks like plastic. Like in this photo, it doesn't look all that great in the light. Maybe it's better. It is still with that said, I don't dislike it as much as I dislike the the dash design in the frontier, nor the materials. It does look a little bit better than that, so that's good. The Pathfinder does have that over its truck, truck cousin. So I was going to say brethren, but perhaps it's more of a cousin. You have the completely digital instrument cluster, which is boring, but it is what it is. It looks like it works, so that's good. Looks like it would be fairly readable. The only thing I kind of dislike is the way the rev counter has been designed. It's kind of squished. So instead of it being a proper circle, it's more of an oval shape, which is just a little bit weird. But that's really nitpicking. On my part, that is really, really nitpicking. They don't have, they don't have that many interior shots 
That yeah, that many interior shots though of the rest of the cabin though, like the second or third row seats. I'm not seeing that. Like they have a photo where you can see like it's the center stack is in the center between the seats, and then you can see the sun the what do they call it the sunroof, and it's a big sunroof like a panoramic sunroof. You can see that, but you can't see any of the details of the other seats, and that's a bit of a shame. You can see a little more in this one photo, but it's mostly in the first row, and then the second rows obscured by the first row seats so overall i think i'll give the i think i'm going to give the new pathfinder i think a 6.8 i do i really do like the exterior actually i think that's very well done though i'm disappointed that the taillights are very similar to the new grand cherokee the new third row grand cherokee the interior is better than that of the frontier but it's still there's still things that i dislike like a handful of things a good handful of things that i dislike about it but again it's better than the frontier I think, especially on the exterior, I think this will sell. It's perhaps not as traditional looking as, say, a Durango or maybe an Explorer. I think it still works, though. It is not a poorly designed exterior. Anyway, though, that is going to be it for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed. If you did, then please like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching it on YouTube, then please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, I really do appreciate that. Thank you. Please make sure to hit the little notifi notification bell so that you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, not an issue. Just before you set off, please, before you set off, type in Cody's Car Conundrum wherever you get your podcast, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.